0: You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, well, that's normally him, but today I got a special guest, a really special guest. If you're familiar with college football at all, you know the name Brad Edwards. He had been with ESPN for upwards of 25 years, I believe, and he is so kind enough to join us today with Locked On Bama. Brad, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing well, Luke. What's going on? This is uh – this is a I guess it's that time of year, you know, where you start to shift gears and uh, and now now we start to get serious about football being right around the corner and it, it's still summer vacation and all that, but it's 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 at the same time almost football season.
0: Okay, well let's let's just let everybody know what you're doing. Um you and I talked uh, off air about how exactly I should introduce you because Brad Edwards is a a name that's synonymous with college football. I mean, I I don't want to overstep here, but I think that's true. If you have followed ESPN at all, and I think that if you're a college football fan, you are addicted to ESPN come uh, college football season, then you know the name Brad Edwards. Well, you're no longer with ESPN, but um, you are still uh, uh, an avid college football fan. You're a University of Alabama grad. So just tell us exactly what's going on with Brad Edwards right now.
1: Yeah, it, it's complicated. Um, much more complicated than than the answer would have been in any of the the previous twenty four years. Uh, but uh, yeah, I spent um, most of the off season just kind of uh, focused on a book um, that that was been that's been my my really big project. And as soon as I worked my last day for ESPN, which was basically the national championship game, um, I you know, was thinking about what I wanted. To do next. And um, before I got started in whatever that next career thing was, uh, I wanted to write a book on Alabama football. And uh, obviously, with everything that's happened over the last 12 to 13 years, there's so much material. um, And and I knew there was a lot there. It just was a matter of just kind of putting it down. And um, that's what I did. So I, I, I wrote a book, uh, on basically the dominance of Alabama over the last 12 to 13 years, and not just that they're the best football program in the, in America. We all know that. That's obvious, no matter who you're a fan of. Um, but it's it's really focused on two things. One is how much better Alabama has been than everyone else. And then the other thing is that it is the greatest stretch of 10 or more years that any program has ever had in major college football history. And uh, as as you're probably aware, if you're listening to this, like my experience at ESPN is, is with numbers working with numbers. And so that's really the angle from which I come uh, for this book is uh, looking at it through numbers, Uh, hopefully not boring people with numbers. There are a lot of graphs and charts, but it's really using the numbers to tell that story like I said, of how much better Alabama's been than everyone else over this span and and just how amazing the span has been historically. And, you know, the truth is that we're probably never, ever going to see anything like it. Um, not just from Alabama, but from any team for as long as we live. And that that's just the kind of streak that it is. And, you know, we're just in the middle of it. And I think we've gotten numb to it. And I think Alabama fans, understandably, have just uh, gotten to the point where they kind of take greatness for granted. And and I just wanted to put it all on paper so that whether it's as soon as you buy the book or whether it's 10 years later when you take it off the shelf, you're able to really marvel at what you've watched since 2008, 2009, because it, it, it really has been remarkable. So that, that's what I've been doing was writing that book. It's at the printer right now. It'll be out in August. and. Um, you know, and then since then, I've just been working on some uh, some things that I can do to uh, to promote it. And and one of those things is a series of videos that uh, that I know you've seen that uh, just started a few days ago, counting down the 50 days uh, till the beginning of, of the 2021 season. And uh, I'm doing that through a series of trivia questions. And um, at you know at some point down the road, I'll kind of start to to connect some dots with the trivia questions and, and the content in my book. Um, but uh, I you know, wanted to do something that would be uh, helpful for me as far as promoting the book, but at the same time, fun for Alabama fans and fun even for someone who has no interest in the book. And, and so that's what I've been uh, doing lately with that, that trivia series. And uh, you can, you can check that out on, on my YouTube channel and, uh, and various social media accounts.
0: Yeah, you know, Brad, it's so true. I've been waiting on somebody to write a book like this. I'm glad it's you. I think, again, because you're so analytics oriented, that this will be even more fascinating. Um, I'm looking forward to my signed autograph copy coming in the mail. <laughs> um, but uh, no, Brad, I'm, I'm dead serious when I say this, that um, you're, you're dead on when it comes to people taking this for granted. Uh, my co- My usual co-host on this program and I talk about it all the time, that everybody better revel in this now when people say, well, Alabama fans, they're, they're so hoity toity. They're high and mighty. Well, we should be right now. I mean, frankly, this, if you're, if you're not high and mighty now, you never will have another chance to be. So you better soak this in because eventually this will go away. All glory is fleeting. Um, But you and I, I, I noticed in your bio, I'm not trying to give away too much. You actually put this out there. You're about 50 years old. I'm 48. So it sounds like we were at Alabama around the same time I graduated in 95. Um, And I was a little spoiled back then because, you know, I was there for the 92 uh, national championship, which is still one of my favorite games of all time. And I was there for uh, another practical undefeated season. Of course, we lose to Florida in the SEC title game in 94. Uh, But it it was a fantastic run with Gene Stallings. But then when I get out of school, I'm, I'm, I'm also a huge fan for the Mike Dubose era and the Franchoni debacle and, and the Mike Shula, <laughs> whatever that was. So, I mean, I've been there for all of these various things. And I think this new generation of Alabama fan, because now sabin has been here long enough, where once you started following Alabama and you're cognizant of what's going on around age seven or eight, you know, you've had about 10 good years of not knowing what it's like to not be awesome.
1: Oh, it's amazing, Luke. Like, I I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I I was flashing back to when I was a kid. My dad went to Mississippi State, so I I grew up a Mississippi State fan. And one of my earliest memories, like in in really all of of sports, is Mississippi State upsetting Alabama in 1980. Alabama was ranked number one, 28-game winning streak, and I'm I'm sorry to bring a painful memory for (laughs) Alabama fans who go back that far. Um, but it was obviously one of the all-time highlights of Mississippi State football. Um, but, the, but the larger point is that I was nine years old then, and, and that, that's really – even though I started going to games at like age five, I don't remember the names of the players and exactly how the teams did until that time, around nine years old. And like you said, there, it could be some people at seven or eight. Um, But if you take that and you apply it to today's Alabama fans and you assume, okay, most of them don't remember what the teams were like until they were seven, eight, nine years old, then you've got a whole generation of fans that don't even remember Sean Alexander playing for Alabama. They might remember him playing in the NFL, you know, but they certainly have no recollection and maybe even no knowledge of what happened in 1992, uh, forget the Bryant era. I mean, that, you know, I mean that's that's ancient history to a lot of Alabama fans today. And so, that's kind of the trick is 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 you know when you're doing something like uh, this this video series that I'm putting together, the trivia questions is, is how do you do it so that it appeals to the whole fan base? Because there are a lot of Alabama fans out there. That, that don't really go back before Saban, or they have very little knowledge. In fact, the, the first, you probably saw it, the first question I asked in the series, to me it seemed like about as easy of a question as you could ask, but it's only easy if you've been an Alabama fan you know, since at least the 80s and probably go back into the 70s. But the question was, how many undefeated seasons has Alabama had in the last 50 years? And, you know, as I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? There are a lot of fans out there that, you know, they probably stop around 2005. That's as far back as their memory takes them. And unless you've really studied it, you wouldn't have any way of knowing what happened before then. And so it's crazy. You know, it's crazy just because there have been so many great teams and so many great players throughout Alabama history. And what they've done, you know, in recent years has has not only – you know, left fans with no incentive, and I say young fans. I mean, younger fans with with no incentive to go back and learn about the past and the great teams previously, because they they're watching so many great teams now. They don't care about you know the '70s and stuff like that. Like, um, but but the other thing about this is within the Saban era itself. If if you take any other fan base in the country, you know, if if they had Uh, a team that had won three national titles in four years, like Alabama did in in nine, 11 and 12, the players on that team. And some of the moments from those seasons would be epic for the next 50 years. Like anyone who's a fan of that team, they, that is the thing that they would all remember, you know, about their time of, of being a fan, those four years and everything that happened. And, and, Alabama has that three national titles in four years, but they've had so much success since then, you know, more all Americans, more titles, you know, more first round picks, all this stuff. And and now, I mean, we're not even 10 years removed from 2012 and guys like AJ McCarron, you know, like, you're like, Oh yeah, I remember AJ. Like, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, in most schools, he would be a legend. And now it's like, well, you know, maybe he wasn't quite as good as, as Tua and Mac Jones and maybe Jalen Hurts, you know. And, and, I mean, what school has that where you could have the type of success that Alabama had not even 10 years ago, and it almost becomes an afterthought just because the greatness just continues and continues and continues?
0: No, it's a great point. I mean, you could do A.J. McCarron with this same thing, but you could make the argument that um – um you know, uh, what, 12 years ago, Mark Ingram was the best running back in Alabama history, and now he might be the fourth best running back in Nick Saban's tenure. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It, it, just, it yeah. just doesn't take long. Uh, Brad, let me go ahead and take a break really quickly here and tell everybody about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. Look, you can bet on reality TV. You can bet on uh, Major League Baseball, you can bet on the NBA Finals. You better hurry because that's going to wrap up pretty soon, it looks like. You can bet on college football futures. You can play poker. You can play blackjack. And you can use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. So if you put in $100, bucks, you will get to play with 150 It's free money. I can't do any better than that. Free money is always fun. Go to betonline.ag and check them out today. It's an easy-to-navigate website, easy to pay in, even easier to get paid. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Also, want to tell you about Built Bar. Go to built.com, B U I L T.com. Built Bar. I love these things. They send me samples all the time. Um, I'm, I go on and off keto diets because that's the best way for me to lose weight because I'm too old to exercise anymore. And so I'd like to go on keto diets. And um, I try them uh, occasionally. And when I do, I love to use Built Bar because they are good for a keto diet. I only have about five grams of sugar, plus or minus and they're delicious. They taste like a Snickers, but they're good for you, or Three Musketeers, whatever you're into. They're covered in chocolate, got several different flavors. Go check them out at Built.com, and be sure that you tell them you heard about them from the Locked On Network. All right, Brad, Um, so you brought up your your little trivia thing going on, and it's very cool. Um, you got a cool idea here. Uh, 50 trivia questions coming up, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I'm not saying they're easy. I'm just telling you I nailed all three of them so far. Um Keep I, I'm it very proud of myself. um but so what what was the inspiration behind this
1: yeah that that that's a great question, like I said earlier i it it was trying to figure out a way to connect with Bama fans after having spent so long being a part of the national media you know it's like what what can I do um on social media where you know, I, I can start to make some contacts with some people who maybe they didn't follow me in the past because I didn't talk about Alabama enough. You know, like, I mean, if if you covered college football nationally, you spent plenty of time talking about Alabama over the last, you know, dozen years. Um, but you're also spending time talking about Ohio State and Clemson and, you know, you name it, even a few other SEC schools. And and so, um, you know, I, I, I realize like, there's got to be a way just focus on Alabama, but at the same time, do something that isn't already being done by all the other people they follow. I know there are a whole bunch of people who uh, cover Alabama football in different ways. And that's why it's funny. I use the word focus on Alabama football for what I'm doing right now, as opposed to cover it. Um, I, you know, it's, I'm not reporting anything. Um, I'm really just focusing on Alabama. And at the moment, because of the connection to my book is a lot of focus on the past, but, but really mostly the Sabin era and just kind of the greatness of that era. And, and, and so the, the trivia question thing just kind of came to me as a way that you could engage people, not the general, like, just plain text, hey, here's a question, you know, think about it, um, and then uh, and then I'll post the answer later. Um, it is a way to try to you know keep people engaged and uh, it's it's difficult to do you've noticed that to the the way i have to frame it like you 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 can't make people wait for the answer because if you do they're going to go look it up <laughs> and then and then you know people are going to be able to cheat and uh, make other people feel like you know that they got them all right and then it turned out they were they were you know taking the time to go to go find the answer and whatever um so so you know it's enough time to press pause. And I, I think that um, that's really the key. You said you've gotten all three. The, the key is, is is remembering that the pause button is your friend, right? <laughs> it's like, you, If you're too hasty and you're like, okay, I've got to answer it right now, you're probably going to miss a bunch. If you take the time to think about it, though, and you are a knowledgeable Alabama fan, you should get a whole lot of these. And so uh, anyway, that is, um, that's just kind of the genesis of it is just, it's just a, a way to connect with um, with more Alabama fans, as far as just getting, you know, into the weeds a little more with Alabama content, and a you know, in a way that I never had uh, when I was doing it for ESPN. But at the same time, there there's a lot of um, what I did at ESPN that comes out in this, not necessarily in the actual question and answer. But in my methods, and and w- one of the things I'm hoping to accomplish with this, like I mentioned, because of because of the book, is is that I want people to get a feel for the type of work that I do and the types of things that are interesting to me. Now, the the, the trivia questions, the content of these questions, it, it's not stuff that's in the book. The book is the book is is different, but at the same time, what I want people to see is that. I don't focus on the on the simple things right like it's not it's not just hey you know um what jersey number did so and so wear or something like that um and and it it's not just a simple answer either like uh, i all one of the things I always loved in in doing research uh w- when I was at e s p n is is digging deeper and not just okay, here's the answer, but where else can you go with it and And most of these videos, if not all of them, all the ones that I've done so far, I I give the answer, and then there's another layer of information that I give beyond the answer. And, And that's what I'm really hoping is interesting to the Alabama fans out there. It's not just that you got the answer to the question, but for some people, even if they got the question right, there might be more information on the backside that they didn't know. And, and so uh, that, that's what it's all about to me is just I, I love to learn. And so, you know, having an opportunity to help people learn about something that they're really interested in, uh, that appeals to me.
0: That's awesome, Brad. Um, I would be a fool not to ask you the standard cliche uh, questions that people ask college football experts. I'd, I'd, I would love to tell you that I'm more in-depth and I'm going to get into these various nuanced things but instead, I'm going to ask you if you're pro or anti expansion, even though it's already here. Okay,
1: with the playoffs, um, okay. I would uh, I would say I'm anti, um, and and I'm anti twelve team, which seems to be the direction that this is going, even though it's it's not um, it's not set in stone yet. Uh, I, I, the reason is is because I, I really don't see what is gained from having um, 12 teams as opposed to eight. Uh, I, I'm all in favor of expanding to eight. Uh, I, I think what you're gaining is an extra round. And for the most part, it's an extra round of games that aren't really going to have any impact on determining the champion. They're just giving, you know, more teams an opportunity to play a game that they can say is part of the playoff. It's almost like, you know, when they added four teams to the basketball tournament, um, they went mm-hmm. from 64 to 68, and now you got four more teams have an opportunity to play a game and, and say that they were in the NCAA tournament. Well, that, that's basically what this is for college football. Four more teams get to say that they were in the playoff. None of those teams are going to win it. Um, and I mean, to be quite honest, that the thing that the thing that I that I really have a problem with is that is that you know, yeah, you're giving access to um, more teams by doing this. Uh, but I, I really, I really don't know that, uh, ultimately that's going to make a whole lot of difference as far as, you, you know, as far as what it does for, for coaches, what it does for players. I, in fact, I'm not even sure that that the coaches and the players are as excited about it as a lot of people in the, in the media, and maybe certain fan bases are because I think for the players it's okay. I mean, look, you would rather get a chance to play in the playoff than not have a chance. I don't think there's any question about that from the player standpoint, but you talk to players who are on the teams who are playing for the programs where they would assume that they're going to have a really good chance to be in the playoff already. The possibility of having to play an extra game is not all that exciting to them. I think for coaches of those teams, an extra game is not all that exciting. I mean, I, I think about it from like the Alabama standpoint. And, you know, go back to um, some of those teams like, you know, 2016, 2017, and think about some of the, the key injuries that Alabama sustained, either in the SEC championship game or national semifinal, um, and players who had played most of the season and then weren't available for the national championship game because of a late season injury. Every round that you add is going to it, – it look, I mean, if you're as good as Alabama, you don't have to worry about the eight seed knocking you off. But what you do have to worry about is somebody tearing an ACL against an eight seed and right. not being able to play against the four seed and the two seed. And so that's the – that to me – and I realize it's not, about, it's not about the best teams. That's not necessarily the reason that they're doing it, and that's not what's necessarily in the best interest of the sport overall. Um, but just kind of coming from the, not just the Alabama angle, but I have focused so much on covering the elite teams in, in recent years that I kind of look at things through that lens. And, and I, I think I'm more interested in is the best team being given the best opportunity to win the title. The best team might not always win it, but it's going to win it more often in football than any other sport. And I think the more games that you make them play, the more you might be, you know, decreasing the chance that the best team wins. Not because they're going to get upset in an earlier round, but because they might not be at 100% in a later round.
0: I'm I'm 100% with you. I'm I'm an anti-expansionist, but it's happened, so I'm embracing it. I've always said that um, I don't know why we feel like we have to kowtow to uh, smaller teams that. Um, you know, or just raising their hands and complaining when they don't have to go th- through the same rigors as the SEC or, or even the ACC, Big 12, Big 10, whatever. And, um, you know, everybody loves to talk about the NCAA basketball tournament. And, you know, the problem with uh, that I have with that, I think there are too many teams in that, number one. And number two, it's all about who gets hot late, which makes the initial games on the front end of the season less meaningful, which is something yeah. – the college football has always been built on the regular season is the best regular season in all of sports anywhere worldwide. And so I wanted to keep that. Um, but I understand change is inevitable. This is going to happen. Uh, and and now you couple it with the, the problem I have with everything. And, and please give me your input. The changes we're seeing now with the transfer portal coming up and it's basically the NCAA saying, yeah, go where you go wherever you want to, whenever you want to, however you get there, bus, train, automobile, doesn't matter, boat, um, or you know, get signed for whatever deal you want to. Texas A&M fan site is giving a couple of guys ten grand each to do interviews, exclusive interviews, and now, of course, expansion. So all of a sudden, all these changes are happening at one time, and I don't know how it doesn't fundamentally change the DNA of the sport.
1: Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because you're right. There are a number of major changes that have occurred all at once, and uh, will things just kind of stabilize well they will stabilize obviously at some point but I guess the question is will they settle back into being what they were before uh, or um, is it going to you know upset the the balance of things now if I were to say it's going to upset the balance of power I would say 90 percent of the people who follow college football will be all for that I mean they've been trying to do that for years upset the balance of power I mean you look at and I know people focus on how dominant Alabama's been But you look around the country, and it's not just Alabama. I mean, you look at what Clemson has done in the ACC, what Ohio State has done in the Big Ten, what Oklahoma has done in the Big 12. It's the same teams year after year. The crazy thing is we've never had a playoff with those four teams. (laughs) Many times there's been three of those four. There's never been one with all four. But those four are dominating the four best leagues year after year. So people want to see that change, and maybe this will in some way contribute to that. Um, but, uh, all in all, yeah, it, it is, it is just causing a lot of chaos. And the, the question is, is that when the dust settles, you know, will the sport be better off for it? Um, you know, you look at this year and you look at the number of, you know, players who I, right, whatever you want to call them, super seniors, or, you know, the guys who are coming back for one more year who normally would have been finished last year you know, Alabama lost most of its guys in that category because their guys went to the NFL. Um, but for the teams that had those seniors that weren't good enough to play in the NFL, they've got them back another year. And and so now this is going to be one of those – it's only going to be for one year, It's just going to be for 2021. You see in basketball a lot of times that whole experience versus talent dynamic where you get a team like, you know, like Kentucky, that's got all these, these freshmen who are unbelievable. And they're all these one and done guys, but they haven't played together very much. And they'll run into a team that's got a bunch of seniors and juniors that have played together for years. And, you know, in a given game, the more experienced team might win, especially when you get into the tournament, you're going to get some of that in college football, where teams that don't have that roster full of four and five stars, now all of a sudden might have, you know, like 30-something seniors. And, you know, can a team like Iowa State, for example, um, can they be good enough to win the Big 12 with that type of roster? I have no idea. I mean, we'll see. It'll be fun to to watch. Um, but then you wonder, okay, what's the fallout like after this year? What I mean, I, I don't think it's far-fetched to think that, hey, after 2021 – um, that the most dominant teams actually end up dominating more because, because they weren't really as affected by, you know, having all the players leave at once like they will after this, this coming season. So there are, there are a number of ways it could go. You know, the name, image, and likeness stuff is a whole other thing. And, uh, I, I, you know, I still think that two years from now it's going to be very different uh, from what we're seeing at this moment, although I will say I, I am mildly encouraged by the fact that up till now, there really hasn't been a a report of anything major um, that would fall into the reckless category. Like, like you haven't heard, the you know, the the booster who owns a company doing whatever, like hiring, you know, some five-star recruit to be the the spokesman and paying him $200,000 in order to do it. And, you know, a lot of fans have been fearing that that's the type of stuff that would happen. And, and my, my belief has always been most people who have a lot of money, they didn't get it by being stupid and they're not going to start being stupid now. A lot, I know a lot of, a lot of us, when it comes to our fandom. (laughs) we have a tendency to lose our sense and (laughs) get emotional. And I'm sure that happens even with millionaires, but um, for the most part, I just, I don't think guys are going to waste money on, on stupid things. And look football uh, more so than a lot of other sports, you may be a five-star recruit, but there's a decent percentage of five-star recruits who don't become NFL players. And, And some of them don't even become starters in college. So there are no slam dunks. And so I I, I think that, that the name, image, and likeness money is maybe not going to be as big as a lot of people are fearing that it will be.
0: You know, Brad, and every time they try and put in quote unquote a Sabin rule, guess who finds a way through that loophole? It's Nick Sabin because you you can't create rules to to outsmart people who are smarter than you. And that's what <laughs> they, they keep trying to do. And the Oklahomas, the Alabamas, the Ohio states. Every time you try and put something in there to bring them back to earth, all you're really doing is creating a wider gap, is my opinion. But Brad, man, thank you so much for being with us today. What an honor it is to get to talk to you. Um, so glad to find out. I did not know I, that you were a, an Alabama grad until today. I find that to be very cool. Uh, I'm. You know, sort of buddies with Reese Davis too. And he's a a great Alabama grad and a great American. And um, so we got, we got two guys on our side out there. I appreciate you. Well, that's
1: awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season. It's going to be the first time in a long time that I've been able to, you know, just watch Alabama play and not have to worry about what these other teams are doing. And I can kind of, you know, watch it from a fan's perspective, I guess, is the way to say it, which is something I haven't really been able to do since I was in college. So that's uh, that's exciting, and I, and I can't wait.
0: All right, buddy. Brad, thank you so much. And for everybody out there, catch us next time. And until then, roll tide.